This is Listen Again with the Bridge, your opportunity to hear Sunday's message. We hope you enjoy listening, and it all starts right now. If you have your Bibles, you could turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at a story in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. It's a dog that walks into a butcher shop and he had a purse in his mouth. So he puts the purse down and he walks over and sits right in front of the meat case. The butcher looks at him kind of strange and he says, what is it, boy? Want to buy some meat? Woof, says the dog. He says, hmm, what kind of meat are you looking for? Is it liver, bacon, steak? Woof, says the dog. Okay. How much steak do you want? Pound, half pound, two pounds, woof, says the dog. So the butcher, he amazed, he wraps it up and he finds the money in the dog's purse. And as the dog leaves, he decides to follow and see where this dog goes. So the dog walks out and he enters into an apartment house and he climbs up to the third floor and begins scratching at the door. With that, the door swings open and an angry man starts yelling at the dog. And the butcher man says, stop! This is the most intelligent animal I've ever seen. Why are you yelling at him? Intelligent, the dog owner says. This is the third time this week he's forgotten his key. (laughs) I know, it's bad. It's all right. The man wasn't thankful for his smart dog. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I mean, how many of us would admit we belong to Christ Jesus? Okay, I hope that's most of us. I hope that's all of us. But if we belong to Christ Jesus, then we need to be thankful in all circumstances. That scripture is not just saying be thankful. It's also about giving thanks. If I said, how many of you are thankful? Again, most of us would raise our hand. Yeah, we can think of something that we're thankful for, but being thankful and giving thanks are two different things. 76 times in the Bible, we're encouraged to give thanks. Now I ask you to turn to Luke chapter 17, and I wanna show you a story of 10 men who received the same healing, but only one was willing to give thanks. Let's read that story. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Look at what it says. Now on his way to Jerusalem, we're talking about Jesus here. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. He was a Samaritan. It's interesting that they put that in there. We'll get to that in a moment. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were there not, uh, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 
So Jesus, he's traveling. He finds himself in between Samaria and Galilee. This is a place where culture and race did not mix well. It was like oil and water. These people did not like one another. And the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. And Jesus doesn't avoid going this way. He purposefully goes this way. Kind of reminds me of a story where he went out of his way to stop at a well to meet a Samaritan woman in order to heal her. But it says, as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Now I want you to get ready and begin to try to place yourself in this story. It's what we ask to do every week. Whenever we share a story in God's word, we start thinking, where would I be in this moment? Who would I be in this moment? What would it look like if I were in this moment? I want you to think about that for just a moment. I doubt anyone here has had leprosy, okay? So I'm not thinking that, but have you ever said these words, Jesus, master, have pity on me? I mean, I know I have. Maybe there's some perfect people here. Wanna raise your hand if you are? Okay, I thought so. That's, that means maybe not because of a health issue did you call out to Jesus. Maybe it was because of a heart issue that you said, Jesus, master, have pity on me. The only difference between us and these men was their issue. The issue that brought these men together. It wasn't their racial background. It wasn't their religious background. These 10 men were connected by their pain because of their affliction. Hence the fact that they had to stand at a distance and cry out in a loud voice to Jesus because this terrible flesh-eating disease would not allow them to be close to anyone. They looked awful. They might be missing some toes or some fingers. They might be missing an ear or a nose and they would have to wear a bell around their neck and anytime they got close to a town, they would have to warn everyone. Leper, unclean, unclean. Kind of reminds me of COVID days. Remember that? Man, if you had COVID, you had to quarantine, you had to stay away from everybody. If anybody came to the door, leper, unclean, unclean, don't come close, I've got COVID. That's how we had to act. But can you imagine the self-image of these men? Again, missing body parts, their flesh literally falling off. Don't look at me, I'm unclean. Don't touch me for sure because I might infect you. Don't even get close because I don't wanna rub off on you. This disease did not just cause them to live a slow, drawn-out physical death. They literally had to have and endure a social death, an emotional death, as being seen as outcasts. Warning everybody around, hey, I'm unclean. Now, believe it or not, I think there are some people that walk into church every single week feeling this way. They may not have a bell around their neck. They may not have clothes to cover their afflictions. The afflictions of lust and bitterness and greed and unforgiveness and hate. But they come in and on the inside, they're screaming, unclean, unclean. Again, I think we can find ourselves in this story. 
Clearly these men saw Jesus coming and they knew who he was. After all, they yell out his name, Jesus. They even go as far as to say, Master, have pity on us. They know they don't deserve what he, what he can give them. They don't deserve what they're wanting, but they're saying, have pity on us. We know we're unclean. We know we're an outcast. We know we can't be a part of civilization. We know we can't worship in the temple like everyone else does. The priest won't even go near us. We know what we're asking is a lot, but please take pity on us. Jesus gives a strange response. Not like, man, I'm sorry you guys are dealing with this. You know what? Be healed in my name right now. I mean, he could have done that, right? He did it other times. But here, verse 14 says, when he saw the men, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. Now, why would he say that? Why would he send them to a priest when he is literally the son of God? Well, there's actually some reasons behind this. If they were healed, the priest would be the one to declare that. You see, the local priest had duties other than just leading worship on each Sabbath. He also was a bit of a health official. So if a person was miraculously healed of leprosy, it was up to the priest to inspect the body. The moment the priest says, hey, you're healed, you're cleansed, you're approved, you can go back to society, they could go back to their family. They could look for a job again. They could worship in the temple courts again along with everybody else if the priest gave them the okay. So these lepers, they have nothing to lose as Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. And so they do in faith. He didn't heal them right away and then say go. He said go and show yourself to the priest. And then scripture says, as they went, everybody say as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine this scene? As they turn and they're like, well, I thought Jesus was gonna heal us, but I guess we'll go see the priest. What can he do? Hey, my finger's back. Hey, Carl, you got a nose. And all of a sudden, they're seeing themselves. I don't have to high four anymore. I can high five, right? All of a sudden, they're being cleansed as they went. So these men had to turn and start walking before their circumstances would change. They had to do what Jesus said before anything happened. The power was not just from Jesus. The power was also in their obedience the fact that they were willing to go. Jesus might've been the one healing them, but their faith in turning and going also healed them. See, you can't wait until the problem is over to start walking in faith. You can't give God conditions. You can't pray, Lord, as soon as I have enough money in the bank, I'll follow your instructions. You can't pray, Lord, if you'll just solve the issue in my family, I'll start going to church and I'll bring them with me. That's not how it works. You cannot put conditions on God. Instead, God places a demand for faith on us before anything at all has changed. He might say, love me despite the disease. Obey me despite the lack of 
talent or resources or whatever it is that you're hoping for. Follow me despite the depression. Say no to the temptation while it is still difficult. Praise me in the darkest of nights and in the worst of circumstances. This is the nature of God, a God who loves you. He'll give you the opportunity to be thankful when nothing about your circumstances have changed. That is the very definition of faith. After all, if you praise God only when the good days, if you praise him only in the best of circumstances, it would not be faith at all. That's more of a business interaction. God, if you do something for me, then I'll do something for you. God, if you'll heal me, then I'll praise you. If you'll give me what I'm asking for, then I'll take time to raise my hand and sing that song or give in the offering plate or do what you've called me to do to serve in the church. I cannot put conditions on God. Some of you today are in difficult circumstances, maybe a horrible situation. And what awaits you today or this coming week is a forcing of the question, will you be thankful despite the difficult circumstances? If so, you will be experiencing what is called faith. You're putting your faith in God before the circumstance changes. Now we have 10 lepers, 10 men whose lives were completely turned around. 10 people who will never be the same again. I'm sure some were dancing, some were shouting, some are hugging, some are running back to tell family. They're wanting to let them know, I'm good, I'm clean, I'm cleansed, I'm okay, I'm healed. But there's one. One. You don't have to be a math whiz to know that's not a great statistic. One, 10%. One realized who had healed him? What did the scripture say in verse 15? One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Why a loud voice? Probably because everything they had done was in a loud voice. They couldn't get close to people. When they begged, they had to beg in a loud voice to say, hey, we're over here. We need some money. We need some food. Whatever it is, they're doing it with a loud voice. But also, if his life was completely changed as we're reading about, you don't just go back to Jesus with a soft voice and just go, hey man, thanks. Appreciate that healing. No, your life is completely turned around. You're going to praise him in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. So again, culturally, racially, he's breaking every barrier known to man. It doesn't matter his background, where he's from, how Jesus is gonna look at him, no matter his you know, racial differences, cultural differences, he's grateful and he wants to show it. Wherever you're from today, whatever you've been through, ever how long it's been since you've been in church, since you've prayed the prayer, it, none of that matters when you've received a miracle. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. Why? Because this moment was not about him. He didn't come back going, look, I got all my fingers and toes. Check this nose out, I got it back. He's not saying that. He's falling at Jesus' feet and praising him with a loud voice. 
Because this moment was about Jesus. He was giving honor to the one who had healed him. This next part's kind of funny to me. Jesus didn't say, hey, buddy, you're welcome. I'm so glad you're healed. Glad that you're all right. Hope you can get back to your family soon. By the way, nice nose. He didn't say that. Verse 17, Jesus asked him a question. We're not all 10 cleansed? Is it just me? I sense a little sarcasm in that. I mean, it's Jesus. Am I crazy or were there 10 of you? After all, I am perfect, I can count. We're not all 10 cleansed. So he asked the one, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks to God except this foreigner? Again, that's kind of harsh, this foreigner. I mean, after all, it's a racial divide here. But see, the other nine did what Jesus told them to do. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. That was it. That was all the instruction he gave them. They did what he said to do. But one recognized, we don't need a note to get into the temple courts and worship God. We can go right back to the man that told us to go and we can worship God right there. He's right there. We can be in his presence. We don't need someone to give us permission. We don't need to be in the temple courts to do it. We can be in his presence. All we have to do is go back and find him. The way this is written, it's a little bit mysterious. You have to do a little digging to find out what he really means as this one comes back to thank Jesus. And in verse 19, Jesus says this. He said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Does that mean the other nine were not healed? Does it not make you think that? As you read that story, it's like, wait a minute. If, if his faith made him well, Where's the other nine? They didn't come back, so are they still lepers? Well, let's break this down. I like the message version because it actually says it better and it's gonna help us understand what Jesus was really saying. In verse 19 in the message Bible, it says, then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. So let's look at these scriptures again as we break this down. There's three different words that are trying to say the same thing. Let's understand exactly what happened to this one. It says in verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed. Now the Greek word for healed here is hyatha, which is purely a medical term. It means to mend or to repair. It's like a broken bone that's finally mended back together. So yes, he was healed. Look at verse 17, Jesus asked the question, were not all 10 cleansed? Now that's a different word than hyatha. Cleansed, actually the Greek for that is katharizo. It's where we get our word catheter. So it too is a medical term. It means remove the impurities. And Jesus is saying, did I not remove the impurities from all 10? And yes, he did. So when the doctor inserts a heart cath, that angioplasty might remove a blockage of an artery. It will cause healing. So to be cleansed was exactly what the priest would be looking for to give them the check mark. Hey, you can go back to your family. You can go back home. You can go worship in the temple courts. It's what he would be looking for. But then there's verse 19 where Jesus says, rise and go, your faith has made you well. 
made you well. It's a different word. It's not even a medical word. Made you well. It actually, the word in Greek is sozo, which means saved. This Greek used, the Greeks used this word for people who escaped dangerous situations, like sailors surviving a storm at sea and had to be saved, they were sozo. When Matthew began his gospel, he started with the Christmas story. And it says, the angel told Joseph to name the child Jesus because the name meant that he would save people from their sins, sozo. Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, Paul described what would happen to a person who publicly professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Sozo, saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is what? Saved, sozo. So as Jesus says to this very thankful man, willing to obey Jesus, before his circumstances changed, he turned and he went. And as he was cleansed, he turned and he went back to Jesus, willing to worship God before he returned home, before he went to anybody else, he wanted to thank Jesus for what he had done. And Jesus pronounces a complete healing, a wellness that passes all other wellness terms. This man was saved. Better than being cleansed of leprosy. Better than having a whole body, he had a whole heart. Now I asked the question earlier, have you ever said these words? Jesus, master, have pity on me. Maybe not, again, for a health issue, maybe it was a heart issue. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart and you've cried out, Jesus, have pity on me, that means you've been made well. The question is, the question I ask you today is, are you thankful? Where would you be in that story? I keep going back to those statistics. How sad is it that one out of 10 would be willing to go back and say thank you? One in 10 was grateful After all, I said it earlier, that's a life-altering disease that is no longer in their body. They were dying a slow death, now they're alive. And Jesus comes along and he heals them and they go back to their families. They can function in society again. They don't have to warn people when they're coming, but only one out of 10 said thank you. What would it be in this place this morning? What would it be for us? Like the lepers, we're all drawn together because we were once lost, but now we're found. We once were blind, but now we see. We once were dead in our trespasses and sins, but through Christ, we are made alive. Are you thankful? Did you walk in this place thankful? Was that already on your heart? Before you ever asked God to do anything, were you thankful? Did you look forward to coming in and singing some songs about being in the house of the Lord? There's joy in the house of the Lord. Why? Because we're thankful. 
that we would sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come just as the angels sing because we're thankful. How many of us came thanking God for what he's done? After all, he's made a new creation in Christ Jesus and every single one of us. Did he remove your sins as far as the east is from the west? Yes. Is he able to do exceeding and abundantly beyond what we could ever ask or imagine? Yes, he is. And for all those reasons, it's perfect that we would come in ready to worship him. But is there anybody that would like to take it up a notch? I'm gonna ask that again. Is there anybody that would like to take it up a notch? If I were selling, or excuse me, buying tickets to a concert, or let's go even better, a Chiefs game. I took Tessa to a Chiefs game last year. She's already wanting to go again this year. If I were buying tickets online to a Chiefs game, I gotta be honest with you, we're not gonna be front row kind of people. We're like, you know, we're happy to get, you know, upper deck if we can to get into the Chiefs game. But if I'm buying tickets online and someone comes along and says, hey, before you buy that, for the same price, I'll give you a ticket on the front row. Who would say no to that? Nobody. <laughs> Cowboys fans, uh, I might, yeah. No. If you were buying a car and you said, I just want a used car, five, six years old, 50, 60,000 miles, that'll be fine. That's what I'm looking for. And someone came along and said, for the same price, I'll sell you a brand new one with no mileage. Who would turn that down? Because in everything that we do, we are for bigger, we're for better, we're for more, we're for softer, tastier, sweeter, whatever it is, we want that er on the end. And with God, you can be closer in your relationship with him. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Our relationship with God enhances greatly when we go beyond worshiping him for what he's done, what he can do, and what he will do for us. And we just worship him for who he is. I'm gonna say it again. Our relationship, yours and mine, will be enhanced greatly when we go beyond worshiping him for what he has done, can do, or will do, and we simply worship him for who he is. I'll conclude with this, Psalm 95. Psalm 95, verses one through three, it's gonna give us the what and the why of worship. Let's talk about the what. What should we do as we come in to worship God? It says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. I love verse two. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Not let us come into his presence, ask for anything that we need. When we get it, then we'll be thankful. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. And here comes the why. Why would we do this? Why would you ask us to come in and sing these songs of praise and to worship him? For the Lord is a great God and the great King above all gods. That's enough. That's all we need to know. Come in, sing with thanksgiving in our heart for God is a great God, the King above all gods. 
It doesn't cost us any extra to change our mindset. It doesn't cost us any extra to change our heart and begin to shift our focus from what can I get out of today? I showed up to make sure God was gonna do something in my life. But no, I show up and say, God, I'm thankful for what you've already done. I'm thankful for who you are. I wanna worship you. I wanna throw myself at your feet and make this about you, not about me. Instead of focusing on what I can get from you, can I just focus on who you are? The great God, the God above all gods. See, we can all identify with the 10 lepers. We've all witnessed a miracle from Jesus. I mean, he took pity on every single one of us when he set us free from the sin that bound us. So every one of us have reason to be grateful. We can identify with those 10, but can we identify with the one who recognized an opportunity? The one who came back to throw himself at the feet of Jesus and merely say, thank you. Between both services last week, we had around 500 people in the room. I wonder what that statistic would look like today. What would Jesus say? Would he say, where are the other 450? Were there not 500 in the room who were worshiping today? Where are the other 300? Because I only see 200, thankful. Would it be as bad as the one in 10? Where are the other 499? I got one who's thankful today. Where would we be in that story? Will you bow your heads with me? I first wanna ask this question. Maybe you walked in here and you haven't even began the relationship with Jesus. I mean, you wouldn't even know to worship him because your life hasn't been changed. You can't identify with the lepers who, whose lives were completely turned around. I would ask, is this a day when you want to accept Jesus into your heart? I wanna give you that opportunity before we ever receive communion, before we ever go there, before we ever worship God again, I wanna ask you, are you one that would say, I need to accept him into my heart and life today. I wanna be changed. I wanna be made a new creation in Christ Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Anybody in here? Okay. Anyone else? First, I want to pray a prayer over these that raise their hand. And then we'll conclude the prayer for all of us. Father, we thank you for these who have raised their hand this morning saying they want to begin a relationship with you today. Thank you that their hearts are being touched right now. That any sin, anything that they've done in their past is no longer there. Again, it's removed as far as the east is from the west as they confess with their lips and they believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them and they are being saved. They are being made well. Thank you.
touching their lives. And now, Father, for every other person in the room, myself included, may we ask the question today, am I thankful? Did I walk in this place ready to worship God, ready to give him praise and thanks, not just for what he's done in my life, but for who he is? Lord, I want more of you. I wanna take my relationship deeper. And in doing so, I need to maybe shift my focus from making it all about me to making it all about you and who you are. God, the other things are gonna come. You're still gonna do things for us because you're that good and you love us. You want the best for us. Lord, I pray that we would be thankful, that we could identify with the one who saw an opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.